Welcome back to the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, Reasons for Writing, from 1 John chapter 1, verse 4. When you read the Bible, do you ever think, God is speaking right to me? Why one passage may speak to you more than another has to do with God's purposes for revealing himself the way he has. It also may have to do with the reason the writer writes. Called by God to do so, yes. Inspired by God to do so, yes. But he also hopes to stir you and move you to obedience. John is gracious enough to tell us his reasons for putting pen to paper. Here's Pastor Tim. And so first, he directs his attention, or first we're going to direct our attention to the little children. It tells me this, that his purpose in writing is that in our early years that we would understand forgiveness. That in our early years, we would understand forgiveness. You'll notice in verse number 12, he begins by addressing the little children. I write to you, little children. He's talking about those that we would say are elementary-aged children. So in our spiritual progress, it becomes descriptive of those who've been born again, but who are still new. They're still wrestling with some of these fundamental and elementary principles of the Christian faith. Maybe they don't understand what the Trinity means. Maybe, maybe they've not come to a point of trying to figure out what end times are going to look like. Maybe, maybe these little children don't know what their spiritual gift is. They just hadn't got there yet but they're on their way. And so John directs his attention to them, to these that are still, I'm going to say new, even though somebody can live in this section for an awful long time. But he looks to these who are novice believers. And the first thing that he writes to them in verse number 12 is this, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name sake. And then he writes this at the end of verse number 13. Look there. He says again, I write to you little children because you have known the Father. So what is it that is John's purpose in writing to these newer kinds of believers? He wants them to begin to get to know God, to get to know Him, who He is, His purposes and His ways. And he wants them to understand not only them being forgiven, but the implications of their forgiveness. Because I am forgiven, it requires something of me. What does it require of me? It should require then that I follow the one who has saved me, who has forgiven me. It certainly means that if I have experienced forgiveness, that I'm supposed to give. I mean, if I've, what did I say? If I've experienced forgiveness, that I'm supposed to give. Uh, it's going to be a long message. This keeps happening. I'm supposed to give forgiveness. All right? There are implications of my forgiveness and of this new life and this new position before God that I have. Those young children, those little children, those new believers need to begin to figure those things out. 
There's a second group, a middle group, if you will. I would say that John's purpose for the middle years is that we would understand the fight. That we would understand the fight. John refers to this middle group as young men. Now some of you are really going to like this. A young person, a person who typically fits into the description of young men in the Bible, is anybody up to 40? Well, that didn't do much for most of us, did it? Okay, so, so if I'm over 40, then maybe I should be a little bit further along in my walk. All right, what he, what, what's he saying, though? He's talking about somebody who is in the prime of their life. That person who is as strong as they'll ever be. A person who is as thoughtful as they should ever be. A person who is right there in the midst of the fight. And it's a fight. Warriors go to battle in spiritual warfare. These warriors typically are young men, and so John refers to them in that way. But they need to learn how to fight. They need to learn what the fight's all about. They need to learn how to fight for the little children. They need to learn how to fight for the fathers, the older generation of believers. They need to be able to take up that mantle and do it. I don't think that we do our children and our teenagers and our young adults the biggest of favors by always entertaining them and not demanding from them. They need to be students of their Bible. They need to be walking with the Lord. They need to be learning what it is to be in prayer. They need to know there is a battle that's coming for them. And they need to be ready for it. It's one of the purposes why John writes this. Look at verse number 13 in the middle of that. Verse 13 is a long one. Look at the middle. He says, I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. Who is that? That's the devil. Right? The devil using his demons. The devil using his culture and our society that is wayward. Because you have overcome him. Look at verse number 14. He closes off this whole section with his final word at the end of verse 14. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. They need to know that spiritual warfare is real. That it is a battle against the wicked one, against Satan. This is not just some, you know, somebody hurt my feelings. This is battle. This is war. And Satan's not interested in taking prisoners. He's interested in destruction of every person, of every believer along the lines. Our young people need to know that the source of their strength for that battle is what? What did he say in verse number 13 and 14? It is the Word of God that is abiding in them. And they need to learn how to keep going until they've overcome. There are too many times that we've given them examples that when life gets hard, that we just quit. When the battle, the spiritual battle gets difficult, 
We just throw up our hands and think, well, that, that must be for somebody else. We're responsible for this generation. We better get in the battle. Because the days are coming when we're not going to be able to fight anymore. All right? That leads us then to group number three. You've got the early years being the little children. You've got the middle years being described as young men. Now you've got the later years being described as fathers. And in our, uh, in our later years, we should understand the father. <laughs> That's where we're at. These fathers are matured men and women of the faith. They've already wrestled with the doctrines and the, and the fundamental principles describing what they believe. They've already done that. They have already battled the devil and they, they probably have a few scars and maybe even have a few medals in heaven because of it. These are people who've understood and discovered what their real purpose is in this life. And that is to know God. Not to know about Him, but to know Him intimately to know God. They began getting to know Him when they were first born again. And John writes and says, you need to get to know God. You need to know the Father. And all the way through the rest of their life, they're getting to know Him. Now they want to know this eternal one more and more and more. Look, if you will, in verse number 13. He starts off with them. He says, I write to you fathers... Because you have known Him who is from the beginning. He's talking about God. And then almost, almost identically, he writes to open up verse number 14. I have written to you fathers because you have known Him who is from the beginning. The nature of God and who He is, man, it's re- I mean, really, it's too deep to fathom. It's, it's too high to climb. It's too, it's too massive to embrace who He is. But we never get to the end of wanting to know Him more and more and more. Better and better and better. When we say that John is writing with a purpose, with a reason of a purpose, he is writing for that reason for people just like you. And you should find yourself in those passages. All right? Let's get back to the main body of what John is writing. All right, we're staying in chapter number 2. I want you to skip down to verse number 21 for now. He says this, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth. All right, let me stop there for just a second. All right, so, so now he's telling me, first of all, what, he write, what he's not writing it for. All right, he's not writing this letter to unbelievers. All right, this letter is not a gospel tract. He is not trying to introduce people to Jesus and tell them for the very first time that Jesus loves them, that Jesus died on a cross for them, that if they would repent of their sins and place their faith in Him, that they could be saved. That is not the purpose of this letter. All right? Let's continue the verse. He says, I hadn't done it for this reason, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. His reason is persuasion. A reason for John's writing is persuasion. That they would be persuaded to stick to what they already know. 
You know, he mentions that about the, about the lies. You know, you know it and no lie is of the truth. Well, don't follow the lies. How do, you, how do you do that? How can you tell the difference between what is truth and what is a lie? You find it in the pages of the Bible. That's why he says to be a discerner of those spirits. Whether it's good or whether it's evil. Whether it is true or whether it is deceitful. I mentioned a moment ago, the world is never going to point you to Christ. If you're walking in fellowship with God, then don't be distracted by all the shiny things. You know, the devil knows what it is that you want out of life. He's seen you pursue it time and time and time again. So if he could just dangle in front of you good health, good relationships, good job, great security, material stuff. If he knows what it is that pushes your buttons and he can dangle it out there, it's only a lie. He always promises, but he never delivers. There's no negotiating with him. So John's writing this book that you would be persuaded to stick to the truth, to leave the shiny things alone and stay on the path. Okay? This next one is along that very same line of reasoning. Skip down to verse number 26. He says, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. So once you're persuaded then John wants that true faith now to prevail. So a reason for John's writing is for prevailing. That you would find something that you could hold on to, even when you're under attack. Many of you have had the experience of sending your children to college. There may not be much of a scarier time for parents than when they leave the house, and they're kind of out there on their own. And, 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 and it's different than them simply going from school into the workforce. Because if high school is a battlefield for them, college is a war zone. And it is hands off. Anything goes. Our public schools, our state schools, they are the devil's strongholds. And you hope, I mean, you send them out there with this great hope and this continued prayer that what they have become persuaded of in truth, that now they will prevail in. You want their backbone, their spiritual backbone to be strong. That when they find attack, when they find lies, as he says here, concerning those who try to deceive you purposefully. That's what our kids find when they go to school. Somebody who's trying to trip them up. Somebody who's trying to make them falter in their faith especially. You want to know that what you have instilled in them stays. That the truth that they have said is theirs 
that it remains in them and that it sustains them through those very difficult times. No wonder we're going to get to these next two uh, epistles from John. And in both of them, he's going to say essentially the same thing, that he has such great joy when he discovers that his children are walking in truth. Every parent understands that. It's prevailing. And it's one of John's reasons for writing, one of his great reasons. All right? Let's go to the last one. All right? So for this one, we're going to the last chapter, too, which is chapter number five. Chapter number five has for us, I think, one of John's greatest reasons for writing. One of his primary reasons for writing, and I'll tell you why. I think this is also one of the most well-known there may be some of those verses that we looked at that, you know, other than just reading through, has not been a verse that you have associated to memory or that you uh, keep tucked away in the back of your heart somewhere. But this one a bunch of people do. Chapter number 5 and verse number 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. The reason for John's writing is promise. The promise that God gives. Now, maybe you're looking at that and you say, Tim, I thought you said a while ago, this isn't a gospel tract. That's not to introduce them to Jesus. The whole point is not, not that they would come to faith in Christ. It's not. But there's a bunch of believers who have no assurance of their faith. They have no assurance of their eternal life. When I ask the question in here, you know, do you know that you know? Or do you know for sure? Their answers are always, well, I hope so. I mean, I think so. I, I, I hope things turn out for the best. This is not hope, this is promise. This is assurance of eternal life, assurance of salvation. Listen, if the devil can trip you up on this one, if he can insert doubt by deceiving you, doubt about your own salvation, what do you think that does to the rest of everything that he said in this book tonight? Every reason why he would sit down to write this book. I mean, if he deceives you that way, and there's doubt, then your joy is going to have to be restored sometime. Your sin will be excused by yourself. That then leads me to, to seek out a cover of darkness rather than that exposure to the light. Love for myself will begin to step in front of my love for other people and eventually my love for God too. Somebody else's purposes, even God's, will be overlooked because of my desire for my own agenda. Lies and doubts will quench the prevailing truth that I was once persuaded of. And then this promise of God becomes suspect. And so when the preacher stands and says, do you know that you know? Back in the whispering of your mind, 
you can hear the devil saying, I don't think anybody can know. Most people that I've talked to, if they lack this personal assurance, they struggle in almost every area of their walk with God. You settle this one, little children, and then you can begin to grow in your faith. These are John's reasons for writing. My question would be, what's your reason for reading? What's your reason for studying? What is your reason to consume God's Word? Is it just to answer trivia questions? Or is it to live it out in obedience and watch God do something that you never thought that He would be able to do? Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. (laughs) With this variety of reasons... there's likely one that you get hung up on more than another one. But John's writing each one with a reason, each one with a purpose. And you can have all of those things true in your life. If there's one that you need to get squared away, or maybe more than one, I'll help you with that. Or you can come to the altar. It's a good time to do it. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you led John to write each one of these books, and especially this letter that reminds us of whose we are and what that's supposed to look like. Father, I pray that you'd bless your people by showing yourself through the lives of your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This year, At Brit David, we would like to challenge you to join us in reading through the Bible in a year. This is a great and rewarding way to start your day. If you would like a copy of the reading plan, you can request a copy at church office at brittdavid.org. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.